This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh dear, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity has turned the lake massive? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Geology Final Cast. My name is Steve. Hola, everyone. This is Chris. I like that. Ahoy, hoy. <laughs> this is Jesse. <laughs> Felt like I had to change it up a little bit. No, it was perfect. Yeah. Thank Welcome, you. everyone. Yeah. Hope everyone's having a, uh, um, everyone had a great Valentine's Day. It's the day after recording this episode on the day after Valentine's Day. Oh, shoot. Uh, that was yesterday? That was yesterday. I got, Sorry. I got to go. <laughs> Um, yeah. thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Stop. Thanks for stopping by to the, uh, the premier geology podcast, uh, the geology final cast. Yeah. I don't know if any of you are, were on Facebook yesterday, but, uh, USGS soils division had different Valentines and they were pretty hysterical. Oh yeah. It, Do you remember any like, of them? It, it was like just a picture of like a soil profile. And it's like, uh, I, I see us meeting on the horizon. <laughs> Oh, horizon. Uh, my head is, it was like head over heels, but with an auger. I don't know. It was, it was, I, I'm not going to do it justice, but, um, yeah, they they were pretty funny. Hmm. Anyway, uh, I giggled at all of them. I would have loved to have gotten a Valentine like that. And then I know I was like, nope, my wife is not going to think any of these are That funny. would never happen. That would never happen. <laughs> Maybe Jesse will give you a Valentine like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, uh, they sound pretty perfect. Yeah. I did see another one too. It was two volcanoes and one just said, I lava you. <laughs> I lava you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess it's pretty dorky when you, uh, you're doing the he- head over heels one. The first thing I was thinking of is can they bring hydraulic head into it? Like into this somehow, <laughs> like same thing. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. anyways, I can't, uh, yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. A- anywho, um, happy uh, Valentine's day. Happy Valentine's day. Happy uh, day after Valentine's day. Um, so uh, we have a topic today that's uh, might be the most unromantic topic that we could possibly think of. That is a good. That's pretty I, pretty darn close. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what says romance more than a tsunami. I think that's uh, a tsunami of love. A tsunami. Of love. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. Yeah. Yes, a tsunami of love. Um, so that was the, my nickname in high school. I, was, I do not like that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh that's uh that's today's uh podcast topic we'll see where this conversation branches off to but we'll be talking all about uh tsunamis today so uh actually you know what we got a couple different ways we can make tsunamis i'm used to you know so often as a geologist i'm so used to uh talking about like tectonically driven tsunamis but you can also get them from um um landslides uh and impacts uh, impacts asteroid impacts yeah yeah how big was the the chicxulub one was on the they, they feel it was somewhere around a thousand feet tall right yeah yeah it was that was that was that must have been something to see thousand foot wave last thing you see if you're actually seeing it it might be the last thing you see yeah yeah it's, it's very good <laughs> and, point. but but the thing is if it's a thousand feet tall you're seeing it for a long time before it gets to you too yeah i want it's almost like um you you know the movie interstellar have you seen it yeah yeah yeah. where they're on the the one planet spoiler alert they're on the one planet Mm -hmm. and the waves are coming into gravity is much lower sometimes the waves are huge but they they're like are those mountains on the horizon and they're like no it's waves and they're but they're coming in really slowly so then, I you know I was wondering about that because it was the it's been years since I seen that movie, but um, something about that I was, I was thinking that it might not be right because no, wouldn't wouldn't the wave wave break waves break at one when uh um when the depth is one seventh of the wavelength. So was that only something on Earth? How would yeah. dare you say that Hollywood got something wrong scientifically in a movie? Yeah, I, I'm trying to think if it's. 
Yeah. I don't, I don't know. That I haven't thought about it in a long time. I I think you're thinking into it way too much because it's yeah. a it's an alien planet. Because they were walking gravity. They and... were walking around. Well, hold on, hold on. They were walking around, and it was like, from my recollection of the movie, like I said, I haven't seen this movie in like ten years. But they were walking around. It was like shin deep water, and there was yeah. just like a several hundred foot wave that was just kind of yeah. But you don't know. Maybe it was just like a a, a rock igneous intrusion pillar that they're standing. Yeah, they on. were on a shelf or something. Yeah, a, a shoal. It's an ancient barrier. You should know better as someone who studies <laughs> ancient barriers. <laughs> Shame on you, Chris. Yeah. You know, they didn't explain that, but it's still, it would have <laughs> broke. The wave would have broke, but do the waves, mm, we, if the well, gravity's yeah, different, we, how are maybe, they still maybe standing Maybe it wasn't up? even water. Maybe it was some sort of other liquid. We actually don't see. They took see, their helmets off. Well, yeah, we don't see the wave crack. We see it come in and they like, they jump into the spaceship before it. It's yeah. It's, it, the planet is close to the really big star, so the high gravity. Yeah, gargantuan. Yeah. The gravitational okay. attraction. Oh, it's to a black hole. is so strong it creates huge swells. Oh, so it's like a giant tide. Yeah, yeah. So take that, Chris. Giant tide. Hmm. So it's not a true wave. It's sea level rising. I guess. And you're seeing the surge of, I don't know. There you go. Told you they got the science right. (laughs) I'm not saying it's right. Anyway, back to tsunamis. Let's get out of interstellar. (laughs) Something about that scene. I don't know. I'll have to think about it more. Um, Yeah, interstellar. Um, Supposedly, they got the the stuff really, it was like really well done with the black hole stuff they had. Yeah, I, you know, I really like that movie. And I think when when did that movie even come out? It came out in like 2010 or something. Yeah. And I think it was it was 2014. Yeah, I don't think I saw it till like two years ago. <laughs> I, I saw it like right when it came out, but I it came out, <clears throat> you know, my daughter was born in 2014. And so there's the connection there with the, the father uh, and the daughter. So I feel like it really it made up made up an impression on me because it was like i think i saw it shortly after she was born i was it, like what, i'll never go on a rocket ship i promise you i was just gonna say what have you done to save the planet nothing <laughs> no i'm uh, yeah i'd be the i guess I'd save humanity the, they don't he's not trying to save the planet yeah no, planet's the, dying i'd be the dummy brother that just wants to farm leave me alone <laughs> i want to farm on this dying planet <laughs> So Jesse sent was this Jesse? Did you send this the uh, or who that someone put that in the chat? The sciencevershollywood.com. I didn't know about this website. Surfing on interstellar tidal waves. It's and it truly is a tidal wave. Is it, and they're yeah. they're not you know using the term incorrectly. So I'll have to check this out. Hmm. All right. Uh, shall we bring the conversation back to Earth? Yeah. But uh, one of our Patreons, Garrison, gave a fun fact of the tallest tsunami in history occurred in. Oh, wait, we're going to talk about that. Sorry, never mind. (sighs) (laughs) I'm trying to get props to our Patreon who's listening. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But if you too want to listen in, you can become a Patreon and get exclusive things. Yeah, it was was from our episode on Alaska. What number was that? Oh, yeah. It was Garrison's episode. He he got to pick it because he is a Patreon. Yeah. And I will pull that up and let you know exactly what episode that was. Very <laughs> I'm gonna, 135. Yeah, I'm um, going to say 92. No, it's, it's 135. Is it? So that's what he said. Yeah, it's 135. Oh, it's right there. Shoot. Alaska. I'm pretty sure Garrison has the number has. The number one thirty-five tattooed on his forearm now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would only make sense. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> all right, let's get into tsunamis. So, we talked about the uh, there's a couple different ways you can you can make them. Uh, you can have something something really big hit the Earth at Mach fifty that'll cause a big wave. Um landslides and also tectonically um so 
Tid- uh, oh my gosh. So tidal, wall, tidal waves and tsunamis are not the same thing. Uh, so if you hear somebody say, um, you know, there's an earthquake and there's a tidal wave as a result, uh, please correct that person and inform them that they are referring to the wrong thing. Tsunamis and tidal waves are completely different. Tidal what what waves, is a tidal wave? A tidal wave uh, has to do with tides. <laughs> so uh, you can think of like, like a tidal bore. So like so tides do technically oh, act tidal as waves. Yeah. They do technically <laughs> well, all right. What's a tidal bore? Well, it's so it's uh it's a tides like a high tide technically acts as a wave, but it's a very, very long wavelength uh wave. And it's just uh you know, high tides is like this like this bulge of water. It's it's uh you know I actually just got so, done talking about this earlier today. So you have this on um from the the gravitational attraction from the moon. Um, hey, what? Yeah, it's been a Valentine's Day. Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> the moon's very attractive. Anyways, what can I say? So you get this bulge <laughs> of water on either side of the Earth, uh, the side facing the moon and the side facing away from the moon. And as the Earth rotates around, um, you know, it, it appears like the bulge is moving, but it's really always kind of uh, facing the moon and facing on the opposite side of the moon. But that's the, you know, yeah. Um, that's so, what causes high tide actually but the the tidal bore you have time that you've small why am i talking about tides so much I, have, so <laughs> you yeah. break it up into amphidromic nodes no nope, amphidrom- okay <laughs> oh well, well i just want to go back and and really quickly i feel like you 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 took seven steps you just jumped over things so the moon's gravity pulls on the face of the earth that that's directly opposite it that's facing it yeah and that's that's actually that's pulling the water off the surface so the water level is is rising yeah and so so what sea level rises yeah so it's not a true wave and then directly opposite the moon or directly opposite the, the side facing the moon you know centripetal force is is working as well so the because of the rotation of the earth it's pulling off as well yeah, it's because of the the moon and the earth are ro- are spinning around each other as a as a system, a moon yeah, earth system. Exactly. Yeah. So so now, do you continue. know where the center of gravity is between the moon earth system? It's, Your mom's the, house. Oh snap! <laughs> that's rude. Uh, isn't that the, what is that? Isn't that called the Ap- Lagrange? Apogee? The oh, Barry the Barry Center. The Barry. Yeah, it's the it's Barry Center somewhere. is the the center of mass between the earth and the moon. And it's located about 1600 kilometers inside the earth, like underneath the earth, underneath the surface of the earth. Oh, I would yeah. have thought it was above. Yeah, nope. No, nope. Cause it, the, the, uh, <laughs> what is the number? I just looked at this today. So obviously the earth is much more massive than the, the moon 27 times more massive than the moon. Something like that. Um, right. But it's still a quarter of a million miles away. So I would have thought, the center of mass would have been, you know, yeah, close to the Earth. But I thought I would have thought it would have been above the Earth's surface. That's all. Yeah, no, it's it's sixteen between sixteen and seventeen hundred kilometers inside. Like would under, have lost that bet. But anyway, so that's where it's it's ro- that's the center of rotation between the Earth and the Moon, and because of that, you get this like Jesse said, this trip report, this inertial force kind of pushing on the opposite side of the Moon on on the Earth. So that's why you can have a high tide and be on the you know the side not facing. So the moon. that's what causes a tidal wave. Yeah, but now we're we're not talking about tidal waves. We're talking about tsunami. Uh, translation: harbor waves. Translation from what language? Uh, Japanese. There you go. Does Japan get some tsunamis once in a while? Domo arigato. Yes. Yeah, they do. They do. Um. Yeah. So, uh, in my opinion, and this is just my humble opinion, take this, take it or leave it. Come up with your own opinion. opinion. Don't (laughs) tsunamis are the scariest of natural disasters. And let me explain why. No, I'm on board. You do. Uh, Don't even explain it. Okay, good. (laughs) I have a counterpoint, but carry on. Okay. What's scarier than a tsunami? Smarty pants. An impact. Well, 
I, I see. Like, I see your point. I see your an point. An impact is the only thing that has the potential to kill all life on the planet, or, no, or not all let's life. say well, like ninety nine percent of life on the planet. Yeah, but I think. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not. So say is it's... it is it not as scary because we're all gone? I think a tsunami scarier because it happens more frequently than a, you know, a, Armageddon you know, style impact. Yeah, Earth leveling event. Yeah, it's just something like. I, I mean, I guess if you're on the the opposite side from when the impact happens, you know, it's it's that there's that long tail where everything dies off. But it, there's something about a tsunami where, like, it's it's water and you you don't and this is part of the reason people say die in in tsunamis and in floods too is that it's like such an everyday thing that you you don't necessarily see the danger in it Mm -hmm. it's a little too familiar yeah there's so much power behind it it's like those people who drive through like when when a road's flooded and they just yeah exactly that's what i'm thinking of yeah. So imagine this. Here's here's why I think the tsunamis are, are the scariest. Because if we're talking like a tectonically derived tsunami, y- you got to go through the earthquake first. It's a one-two punch. It's like kicking someone when they're down. So imagine this. All right. Let's especially for like the people that were involved in the um, Sumatra um, tsunami, which was December 26 of 2004. There was a magnitude one, uh, not nine, two earthquake. It was over nine. Yeah. Yeah. It was the third strongest earthquake that humans recorded. All right. Behind Chile was number one. Alaska was number two, both in like the 1960s. And then the Sumatra earthquake was number three. Right. So you get a devastating earthquake. Buildings are going down. Infrastructure. So the main thing with we talked about this with earthquakes, I'm sure in the past, past episodes but technically you could be in the middle of a field in kansas right to say you're in the grasslands and there's no infrastructure around and let's just say something weird happens you know you get the strongest earthquake ever in history like hits kansas all right you're just in the grasslands uh it hits what's going to happen to you you're going to be fine you're going to fall on your butt you can't stand up during an earthquake that's strong but as long as if you're just in the middle of a grass field just nothing's going to happen to you. The reason that earthquakes are so scary and so devastating is because human infrastructure fails. Buildings collapse. Uh, gas lines, you know, get severed. Fires, you know, and and just the the list goes on and on and on of it's all, but it's, but it's all from infrastructure failing that causes that da- like, you know, damage and harm from, from earthquakes. But anyways, so what you have to do is you have to survive an earthquake first. And so I don't care who you are and how prepared you are, you're going to be rattled. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be stunned after after the th- this earthquake hits. And then the water's coming, all right? So I mean, you might have an hour, you might have, you know, depending on how close you are to the earthquake, there's a, there's a lot of different variables at play. But just imagine this. Say the building falls down and you're pinned under something, right? And then the water's coming. It's just it's just the one-two punch. Yeah, I don't like that. But <clears throat> more, I mean, so just for reference, the the 2011 the earthquake in um, off off the coast of Japan. What was the name of um, the, Sendai? Sendai, yeah, yeah. So I forget what it, the name they call the earthquake, the Honshu earthquake. I think uh, it was a half hour <clears throat> from the earthquake striking hitting. Sendai and then the tsunami wave hitting. But the one of the things about tsunami waves, especially the one you said, the Sumatra one in 2004, um, uh, was, and this is the thing about tsunamis, is that they can affect the entire ocean basin. Mm-hmm. And so one of the hardest hit areas was Sri Lanka um, and, and the west coast of, you know, India got hit by the tsunami wave, but they didn't even feel the earthquake. They had no idea that there was an earthquake because they were on the other side of the, mm-hmm. you know, they were whatever it was a thousand miles away across the Indian ocean basin. Yeah. I mean, Somalia, 
uh, several hundred people died in Somalia because the wave hit. And so that's across the entire Indian Ocean Basin. hitting. Yeah, the, that was like a thousand miles away, right? Hitting the east coast of, of Africa. Yeah. So that to me, that that's sort of scary. I mean, we we've learned from that in that we now have a warning system in place and it's not perfect, especially say in the, in parts of the Indian ocean basin and and the Atlantic basin, but in the Pacific, it's, it's very good in that we have these, you know, buoys all across. And so we can detect earthquakes when they occur. And now we, we can sort of monitor the, the ocean water to, to tell whether or not a a tsunami is coming, especially in places that might not feel the tsunami Mm -hmm. or feel the earthquake. Sorry. Yeah, like the yeah. the tsunami that hit Hawaii in after 50- the that that was the after the Alaskan earthquake in nineteen sixty four sixty four yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, and we can get into that a little bit more but that's I or I can get to it right now but that's an awful story where um, <clears throat> the nineteen sixty four earthquake in Alaska that we referenced earlier episode one thirty five um, you know what, 1,500 miles away, probably more than that, at Hawaii, uh, there were school children at play, and they saw the ocean start retreating. So the teachers and the students went out of school to the beach to see what was going on, and then the tsunami hit, and they all died. Yeah. So. Yeah, if you see that water retreating, that's. uh... No bueno. That's not good. That's not good. And, you, and there's a, geez, there's even like a, I've seen a bunch of videos from the Sumatra earthquake. You can see the the water retreating back and people started like walking out into mm-hmm. there and and then just the surge comes in. So that's the other thing we can talk about uh, when this, when the tsunamis uh, hit. Well, real, not, real quick on that. Okay. There, there were, um, so there, there's, you know, thousands and thousands of islands in the Indian ocean and they're, they're, you know, still, thousands and thousands if not millions of indigenous peoples who live on these islands and uh you know this has been studied but you know this 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 story is a little anecdotal but the the indigenous population of those surrounding islands did not suffer as devastating the death toll as some of the other uh peoples because from generation to generations, it's been passed down where like, if you see the ocean retreating, you know, it's something bad is going to happen and you're to run uphill as fast as you can. So mm-hmm. like it was just passed down from generation to generation. Like if you see the ocean leave, that's bad run away. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, just that little tidbit of information was passed down and, and a lot of indigenous peoples were, you know, essentially saved because of that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want And it's eerie too. You see these videos of the, of the ocean retreating and it's just like, Oh man, like it's, it's wild to see, you know, you don't, you don't see that every day. And like the ocean really, it, it retreats pretty far back, but um, yeah. But when that, when that water comes back, whew, comes back with a vengeance. Yeah. Now, can you explain why the water retreats? Yeah, that's what I was just about to ask. It's just all just uh, just because you you get this. I mean, it, it's accompanying for the the like basically the surge of water that's about to come at you. Yeah. yeah so it's, the, it's the think, wave left, right? Yeah. So think of think of just a regular old sine wave, right? Just like that that S shape, and the the trough of the wave is coming first, which is then kind of, so you're, you're sucking that water out to accommodate the crest that is about to come. If that makes sense. So when these tsunamis are out in the, in the deep ocean, they're moving pretty fast. Um, and how fast is it? Well, so (laughs) technically the, the safest place to be, when a tsunami hits is out in the deep ocean. If you're out in a boat, um, you're not even going to, you won't even know that the tsunami goes by. So tsunamis have, they uh, have these real quick. Little... There you go, Maddie. One more reason to keep the boat. 
But oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ready for the tsunami? Um, uh-huh. Tsunamis have uh, uh, they, they're they're not they don't act like your typical waves that are crashing along the beach. They have these uh, wavelengths that can be you know more than a hundred kilometers long really really long uh wavelengths and so the way that waves work the faster the wavelength the faster the speed that the wave is the faster the velocity the waves traveling at so these tsunamis can be traveling at 720 kilometers an hour which is what's that in miles per hour i don't know yeah. the, I, let's see 720 how fast can an african uh, elephant run 450 miles an hour 450 miles yeah that's pretty fast <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like twice the speed of i-95 traffic uh that's pretty fast <laughs> traffic on i-95 <laughs> my friend. um so they're moving really 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 fast in the open ocean and it's not until it gets closer to shore they, they, they slow down and um when they do slow down um they they are they when they do so I should say when they do start to get closer to the shore, uh, they start to experience frictional drag from the bottom of the ocean and slows it down. But uh, it comes in as it's not this like beautifully cresting wave. It's more just like this the surge of water um, coming in. There's great great uh, video I saw of the Japanese tsunami in 2011. We can just see the you can just see the water surging into the harbor. It's just like it's just it's more like a flood almost like a flash flood from this one video in in Japan it's not there's no definitive wave coming in it's just just a surge this flood of of water and then ultimately it breaks the it it you know spills over the seawall and when that water spills in it just there's um it just moving around cars like their little matchbox toys you know the matchbox cars and it's just uh taking houses off of foundations and it's just Jeez, it's just so, so, so strong. Um, so, but yeah, my opinion, scariest natural disaster, hands down. You got to survive the earthquake and you're probably rattled after the earthquake. And then here we go. You know, you got to get to high ground now, you know? So, um, yeah. So real quick, just backing up. So a safe place to be is out, out in deep ocean because the wavelength is so long the wave height is not that big but three four five and yeah six in the, in feet deep, maybe yeah, yeah. so if you're in a boat you just kind of ride right over it yeah. um but then like you said you you get closer to shore and now all of a sudden you start touching the 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 sandy bottom or you know the just the bottom of the ocean so then once once you start hitting the bottom you slow down but you still have all this water accommodating so you you can't go down any further because you're hitting ground so you have nowhere to go but up so you slow down and then you get taller so you may only be five or six feet out in the deep ocean but then as you get closer you get to 30 40 50 you know and then what do we say that alaskan one was 1000 well that was yeah 120 feet but that 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 has to do with valleys you're not getting yeah you're not getting a tsunami that big Tech to, no. or you know from from an earthquake you know from the uh, uh the the sumatra earthquake um let's just talk about how how the tsunami starts yeah, so what happened what I was, was gonna say. um you had this you had an earthquake there and um uh the bottom of the seafloor got uplifted and i i believe i can't i didn't i was trying to find the numbers a moment ago i, I couldn't find it but it's something like i got the bottom of the seafloor rose up like 15 meters yeah, i thought i was gonna say 10 to 12 but yeah that that's and, just from the back of my head i i didn't look it up yeah, yeah it's something like ballpark like that and then it was also along a stretch of geez, what what do we say we said this in the previous podcast i think it was like 700 or a thousand miles or so. it was like a long long stretch for that the the um the seafloor got got uh, got pushed up, and so what happens is the the seafloor gets pushed up from this earthquake, and it causes this bulge of water directly above on the on the surface of the water, and then that bulge and kind of starts to spill out, you know, and, and gravity out. gravity pulls it back down to earth. Yeah, yeah, and so that's that's how you get the um, the tsunami started, 
and okay. and that's why that's why it travels throughout the entire ocean basin is because the mm-hmm. Boulder water collapses outward in all directions. Yeah, it's like a huge, almost like a uh, like ripple. Like if you see like a like on a lake, like if you if you throw like a little rock into a lake, you can see like the ripple marks propagate out. That's mm-hmm. basically what the tsunami is doing. How the tsunami is moving. Right, and, and the it, further you are from that origin, the longer it takes for that wave to get to you. Yeah, yeah. So we should talk about uh, have here the top ten worst tsunamis that we know of. Well, should we? You want to wait yeah. for that? Yeah, no, no, that works. All right. Yeah. Sorry, I was gonna. Jump in with Great. something else, but that's yeah, Chris, yeah, you jump in. You're with going else. off of our perfectly formatted outline for this episode. <laughs> uh, that's what it was, man. You know, we write these outlines and then you're just going to jump off them. But we would like to thank our sponsor, Formatting Formula, formattingformula.com or YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula for all of your Word document formatting needs. Uh, basically, anything you need for Word, they're they're excellent at it. Um, all the way up to customizing your toolbar to just embedding figures in your theses or I don't know, just updating your table of contents, simple stuff. Um, the super simple stuff, you can watch your YouTube videos and, and, and teach yourself how to do it. Or if you have something complicated, you know, shoot them an email, tell them the geology flannel cast in you and they'll be happy to fix it for you. Um, and you know, to the point where, you know, I know word, I, I know words basics and, but I still use the formatting formula because they can get it done faster than I can. Um, I I will tell you, though, that I do use Word more confidently now because of the formatting formula. And I'm actually, you know, stuff that I used to send to them, be like, hey, can you just fix this? Now I'm like, oh, wait, no, I know how to do this now. So from watching their videos and doing all that stuff. So check them out, formattingformula.com, and make sure you say the Geology Flannelcast sent you. You know, put put in the comments. Uh, some a bunch of people have put in the comments. Uh, you know, like things like how many African elephants would it take to? <laughs> so, put put in something funny like that. So, formattingformula.com. dot com. Thanks. Thank you, Steve. And uh, yeah, well, so Jesse, what did uh, what what did you want to say? Go ahead. I'm gonna say, uh, aside from earthquakes, you can have landslides like we said in alaska and whatnot but um volcanic eruptions as well Ooh, oh that, yeah. yeah we didn't discuss yeah. that yeah and so oh, what is that awesome landslide tidal wave was it norwegian video movie it's yeah bolin and the, the wave the wave yeah 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 I'm really good I, I love that movie yeah and i've uh, only seen bits and pieces of it i've never seen the whole thing there's a sequel about an earthquake, I think, in that happens in Oslo. Okay, but this the this original is, one was a landslide, right? Yeah, it was a landslide, and it was yeah, it was in. It was based um, off a true story from like the 30s or something, wasn't it? Uh, 1905, I want to say. Oh, okay. Like yeah, but yeah, it was a it was a landslide into into one of the fjords, and so you know you you create that that displacement of water. And water has nowhere to go, like to spread out. So it, it creates a, you know, it runs up onto land, onto land. And it was the same idea in Alaska. It was in it was in this sort of sheltered bay, Latoya Bay. And so it was you know steep walled mountains on all on three sides of the bay, right? And you have a landslide that goes in, and so the water basically just gets funneled upwards. That's why you have twelve hundred foot surge of water in in Alaska, seventeen hundred feet. Oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, the uh, yeah. So volcanic eruptions. There's sort of two ways, right? In in a volcano, the the main one is is basically just like a caldera, like a collapse of the volcano, and uh, that would be like Krakatoa in 1883. Or um, mm-hmm. that recent one in Tonga, Tonga, yeah. Tonga, when that erupted, <clears throat> um, you know the you, you can get waves either through the, the collapsing of the volcano causes displacement or or pyroclastic surging or even underwater explosions. I guess 
technically would would displace water but the one you know so in, in krakatoa had a tsunami that killed a lot of people but i i do want to talk about the uh cumbre vieja and la palma on the canary islands mm, i just was googling i'm googling that right now as as we <laughs> speak we, oh that's funny you said that yeah <laughs> Do you do you want to you want to you want to go into it or you want me to no because I just I just I need to refresh my memory on it. <laughs> so just... yeah, so Cumbria Vieja has this is this volcano um, on the island of La Palma in the Canary Islands, and it's it's really interesting sort of geology of of the mountain, right? It's I, I don't know it off the top of my head, but but essentially the way like half the mountain. Um, is is one type of of rock and, and the other type is the other half of the mountain and there there's almost like the the there's groundwater that percolates in through the mountain and it, it the where these two layers of geology are it creates like a preferential pathway for this groundwater to percolate in and, and it creates, you know, like it reduces friction. And so you get slippage and whatnot happening. And and that half of the, the, the volcano is, is on the Atlantic ocean side. And mm -hmm. so there is some thought that if there was, you know, an eruption of, of this volcano it would create steam and it would cause, you know, a sort of catastrophic collapse of the you know half this mountain into the Atlantic Ocean, which would create essentially like a mega tsunami that would travel across the Atlantic Ocean and and directly in the path is the eastern seaboard of the U.S. Mm -hmm. Can I say something that's uh, geez, I'm uh, gonna uh, <laughs> go against what you're saying. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, I I don't believe it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, so I'm on a. Um, there's a U.S. here. I'll, I'll actually send you the link right now. There's a USGS uh, on uh, story. Or I guess it's on their website. Yeah, um, talking about how the quote mega tsunami from the Canary Islands doesn't quote carry water. You see what they did there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got one from the BBC where it says the tidal wave threat overhyped. So they're already wrong because they're already wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh damn BBC. I was just watching a video huh. with BBC uh yesterday about uh you know I was, I was looking for a video on how geysers work to show someone okay. and uh they're saying that the magma's coming from the center of the earth and I was like, "Oh, huh. done, done. Goodbye." I had to, I had to turn it this off. This is this is interesting. So in this the BBC article, it's from 2004 prior to the the Indian Ocean tsunami in Sumatra, um, oh. and it, it actually says in in the subhead, you know, risk of a landslide in the Canary Islands causing a tidal wave in parentheses tsunami uh, is vastly mm -hmm. overstated. And so this is one of the things that that <clears throat> the Sumatran earthquake and and tsunami was was really the first time we had caught in a, a major we had caught and we had caught a major uh tsunami on film yeah right? we hadn't we hadn't seen it we we had evidence of them from say the 64 earthquake and and the lisbon earthquake in the in the 18th century and you know we had some other write-ups about it and that i mean we sort of glossed over the you know the japanese harbor wave where that term comes from right did we talk we didn't really talk about why they call it a harbor wave no we didn't What's, so do, do you want me to yeah yeah, address ahead, some I, I, yeah so so basically the the idea is you know and like we were saying the, these waves when they're when you're out in the deep water they're they're really low height but fast moving so you probably wouldn't even notice it and our and our warning systems that are the buoys. That's one of the things they look for, are these wavelengths, these really long wavelengths that are moving super fast. You know, when, when they send out a tsunami warning or not, they can basically just feel the pressure change. Yeah, exactly. As it's moving. So, so like, <clears throat> so the idea is that you know fishermen from from these villages would go out 
and they would go on these fishing trips out into the the open sea and they would come back to their village or whatever and you know they would come back and into the harbor and the entire village would be washed away and when they were out at sea they didn't feel anything they didn't notice anything but they could see this evidence that everything had washed away and so to them it was a wave that was generated in the harbor ah Ah, okay so piggybacking off of that a little bit uh one of our patrons sent over a link uh undercurrent.org about divers who are in the water during the tsunami oh yes that's really yeah and and some of them were like um they were sucked down 90 feet in about one second so they were so this is they were diving at 60 feet so they were in shallow water relative to the size because the sumatran earthquake was upwards of like 35 meters right so it was like over 100 feet Mm -hmm. and so some of these were sucked down and they had to do like an emergency ascent because like you know if you go down to like 120 feet you you can if you rise too fast you'll get the bends um there was another group from like england and the uk who were uh like felt a powerful surge that moved them like 50 meters side to side like that's crazy like would swoosh them in one direction and then and then kind of nothing would happen and then all of a sudden they were whoosh back in another direction oh my god wow like could you imagine uh and, and i mean like one one couple like came and then like they they surfaced and came back and their bungalow was gone like they, it was washed away Wow, harbor wave. Yeah, so yeah, I just just jumping on that of like, hey, you're out in the middle of the ocean and you felt some weird like, or maybe you didn't even feel anything, and then you come home and then nothing's there. So I mean, like with this BBC thing from 2004, and after that, the the Sumatran earthquake is when there was a a big focus on it, like we had seen it firsthand and like Mm -hmm. the world saw it firsthand. Yeah. So, you know, we started to recognize and, and the science became more mainstream. A tidal wave is not a a tsunami. I mean, also uh, 250,000 people died that day. Yes. That's also bad. Yeah. That's, that's not a number to, uh, you know, scoff at (laughs) a quarter million people from that one. But I want to go back real fast to the Canary Islands. Um, so uh, this quote is, there was a, this all stems from uh, a paper that came out in 2001 saying that, uh, yeah, the La Palma the, uh, in the Canary Islands uh, could basically get this giant landslide and it could fall, it could, it could crash into the Atlantic Ocean and, and it said could potentially affect the eastern seaboard of the U.S. And I'm like, New York City. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, but it comes out, turns out that, uh, apparently some other geomorphologist, uh, re-examined that, um, that Island and they did some slope stability analyses and they found the potential of collapse volume is much smaller than what was, uh, simulated in that original 2001 paper. So you're not going to have as much volume going into the, into the, um, into the ocean. Um, and so they did the simul the new simulation. They, they figured that it would be. It would it could cause a maximum wave height that would hit the east coast of America that would be like one to two meters, which is common to like it's like a common storm surge. So wouldn't be devastating. Um yeah. and then also to question that uh scenario in the Canary Islands, you would think if it happened once, it would have happened before. You know, this wouldn't be the first time it's ever happened. There's never been any tsunami deposits that have ever been found on the on the east coast of North or South America. Uh, you know, that's debatable. But um, I will say it's it's really really hard to find tsunami deposits. Yeah, because I, how do you tell the difference between a tsunami and a and a, and a strong storm that affects the right. you know in, in the sediment record? That, that's right. why I'm saying that's debatable. Like it, you know, and it, just the the depositional environment of the east coast of the united states does not lend itself to uh preserving those types of things Mm, i mean let's just say there's been no obvious there's been there's never been any obvious tsunami characteristics or tsunami uh 
sediment deposits or anything in the geologic record on the modern East Coast. And also, there is a little bit of sampling bias too. Like, you, you know, you're you're not looking for tsunami deposits on the East Coast because it is a passive margin, and there's not really, you know, much recorded history of it or anything like that. So, you know, if a scientist finds you know, a bunch of debris and stuff, they'll think storm surge, not tsunami. You know what I mean? It's like you hear hoofbeats, you don't think zebra, you think horses. Meanwhile, I think unicorns. Of course you would. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think the canary it was like it was like one guy who pushed that idea. Yeah, it's it, it all, but it got some legs. I mean Yeah. Well get you get you all work. Here's riddle me this. There we go. Go ahead. So, in another way you get is uh, impacts, which we've already talked about. And there was a massive tsunami with the Chicxulub impact, right? Thousand foot yeah. wave yeah. washing up to Oklahoma or whatever. Yeah. Why was there no, no tsunami with the Chesapeake Bay impact? That is a good question. Uh okay. So Chesapeake Bay impact wasn't as big as the Chicxulub impact. It was still um, pretty big. Was the Chesapeake Bay the Chesapeake Bay 35 yes. million years ago? Yeah. Was it? It was. Well, well, well. I mean, the Chesapeake Bay is from the Susquehanna River, which is you know, if you want to figure out about oldest rivers. You know, we can talk about, <laughs> we talked about that in one of our episodes that I'm looking up right now, but uh, yeah, like the, the Susquehanna has been there longer than yeah. 35 million years. Good so. point. Good point. Um, Cause we talked about the Chesapeake Bay impact episode a hundred and our oldest rivers episode was episode 99. So there you go. Um, well, I don't have an answer for that. To your question, Jesse. I mean, it, it, it I was, was really counting on you. You know, it, the, <laughs> the the volume of water in the bay was probably much less than yeah, the I think volume it was of water that's in shallower. the. If it's know, shallow, then I can imagine shallow. the wave that's going to the the it's the frictional drag is going to kill the energy of the propagating tsunami, or or honestly, uh, just think- vaporize instantly. And I think it's it's more of yeah. You think about where Chicxulub hit; it hit on the rim of the the Gulf, so you have all that water. Whereas the Chesapeake, I mean, the the impact itself sort of made part of the bay, so it's probably hitting, you know, on maybe a more of a delta. It's probably hitting more land than anything mm-hmm. at that point, and so. You're not displacing water. You're displacing rock. Yeah. So. I think that would be it. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. There you go. You answered your own question. Yeah. You're right. You don't hear of any like tsunamis from, from that impact, but also it's uh when did they discover that? Was it the nineties? They discovered that Chesapeake Bay. Late, late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. And. Could it also just be like it's just uh, it's a younger discovery than Chicxulub? Then when they discovered Chicxulub in the eighties, yeah, eighty. Well, eighty nineties. Yeah, they didn't get the crater. They found the iridium in eighty one, and they didn't find the actual Chicxulub crater until yeah ninety one, ninety two. Okay. Um, and it you might know, be too like where where are you running up onto? You're running. You know, you you get you get up and you get above the fall line, and you're sort of into uplands pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. So there's nowhere for it to go. You know, Plus um, you you have the the during the Pliocene sea level gets really high, mm-hmm. and so that probably reworks or washes a bunch away. Nah. Right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Thanks. You know, fun fun. Uh. Chicks, not a, it's not a Chicxulub fact, but uh, relating to it, kind of. I just saw a fact today, and I didn't even realize this. Remember the uh, 
Disney classic movie, Fantasia, right? Or do love that movie. Trippy. It had I I don't ever actually remember seeing the whole thing. I've seen like bits and pieces of it, but uh, it has the there's a scene where the dinosaurs die off in Fantasia, right? And they have the dinosaurs dying off from a drought because mm-hmm. it was made before they knew about Chicxulub. You know who uh, the what's her, what's her face at Princeton would love that Gerda Keller. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She this is this person not a uh, impact. She's a proponent of uh, the Deccan traps being the main reason for the extinction. Yeah, the she Deccan doesn't traps. deny the Chicxulub impact. She just doesn't yeah. think that was the reason for the die off of the dinosaurs, yeah. or the main die off for the dinosaurs. I only remember the dancing mops in the yeah. hall of the Mountain <laughs> King. So exactly. <laughs> There's. Yeah. Look it up. There's a scene with the dinosaurs. I don't know. I didn't. I, I just saw. It was just. Just happened to. I just happened to see that that thing today about talking about impacts next week. I'll show it in my class. Yeah, show Fantasia. Yeah, yeah. Dinosaur the whole scene. thing. The, the whole three, three the whole weeks of my class. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, let's see. You want to go through these? Uh, the top ten. Yeah, hit me with tsunamis. All right. Where is that list at? Here we go. Um, see, these are these are like tectonically driven tsunamis. These aren't the ones with the. Uh, how do they list these two? This is what is this website on the map? Um. Okay, it says this website here. I, I don't know. It says top ten worst tsunamis in history. So I assume that's a. Uh, the most amount of people that died, or you know, casualties. All right, uh, we had uh, the Sumatra. Indonesia one, um, December 26th of 2004. Um, that tsunami was 50 meters tall. I did not realize it was that tall. Wow. Um, but, uh, yeah, look at this. It was, uh, 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 okay. Yeah. So anyways, uh, 200, it just says about 230,000 people reported dead. So that was a big one. Estimated $10 billion of damage. Uh, number two, North Pacific Coast of Japan uh, on March 11th, 2011. Uh, that's the one that we just talked about a couple of minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a magnitude 9.0 earthquake. So that's pretty crazy. So in 2004, uh, I'm sorry, that 2011 earthquake, the 9.0 in Japan, I want to say that's the fourth strongest earthquake that ever that's ever been recorded. So you got Chile oh, yeah. in the 60s, number one, Alaska in the 60s, number two, Sumatra, number three, and Japan, 2011, the fourth strongest one. Um, but uh, that took out a nuclear reactor. <laughs> so that was, yeah. that's no bueno. Anytime you take out a nuclear reactor. Fukushima uh, Daiichi, right? Yeah, yeah. Fukushima Daiichi? Yeah. Yeah. Fukushima Daiichi. Uh, 18,000 people. What's that? I said not great. Oh, not great. Oh, yeah. Um, 18,000 people died from that one. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, $235 billion in damages. All right. Um, number so three. Liz- less people die, but it costs more money. Yes. Yes. A lot. Um, and also die. caused a horrible nuclear um disaster as well um all right number three lisbon portugal in uh november of 1755 a magnitude 85 earthquake wow hit uh caused three huge waves to strike along the west coast of portugal and southern spain up to 30 meters high in some places um how about that all right uh killed sixty thousand people Number four, Krakatoa. We just talked about that. Didn't even know. Krakatoa, uh, August 27th of 1883. Um, Hmm. Had multiple waves as high as 37 meters. Jeez, that's that's, that's like 100 feet. That's huge. Um, So uh, killed about 40,000 people. Um, But you could uh, approximately 2,000 of them could have been killed directly from the volcanic eruption and not necessarily from the tsunami that must have been 
a crazy situation when that uh, Krakatoa volcano was going off. Yeah, it's, I feel like we talked about that before in a previous episode too, where like people on ships nearby thought the world was ending and just like started like jumping ship and stuff. And yeah, yeah. it was. There's some kind of story about people's sailors' eardrums bursting from the shockwave. Yeah. Um, super awesome. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh okay. Number five. And in Sh- Shinada Sea, Japan, fourteen ninety-eight. Uh now how do they know in fourteen ninety-eight there was a magnitude eight point three earthquake? Oh. Is that just from Ooh. accounts of damage? It probably accounts of damage, but you can do some paleo seismicity. Yeah, yeah. You, you can measure like this displacement and figure out what the energy yeah. released must have been to displace the displace the rock a certain distance. Yeah, so it's usually usually they give a range for those ancient ones. Yeah, so like yeah. The, the Cascadia. I don't know if that's on your list. I don't want to jump the gun here. Uh, but, but the Cascadia earthquake. No, it's not. In seventeen hundred, um, they is, is between eight seven and nine point two, and and so the usually okay. you know, yeah yeah yeah, it's based on yeah displacement and and other things. Uh, a lot of these are from Japan. Hmm, I wonder why. Uh, it's almost like we have a subduction zone right there off the. Yeah, I guess we we uh, we should have mentioned that it's yeah it's you get uplift and and whatnot or you get swinging a miss for that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they're gonna it's gonna happen around uh, subduction zones. Um. Okay. So. Uh, so so number six. just sorry, just real quick to jump yeah. in <clears throat> while I'm thinking about it. So this is one of the reasons, like, no offense to Dwayne Johnson, I love him, but like a movie like San Andreas that shows a tsunami off the coast of like San Francisco, that that's a that's a strike slip, yeah. transform fault. Yeah, <clears throat> you you need you need a a vertical move a dip slip fault underwater to get a tsunami. Yeah, so yeah, you, you won't get a a tsunami off say off the coast of california from the san andreas fault and not, not only will... that in that movie the wall of water comes in and just stays there <laughs> in reality the water comes in you're, you're still at a topographical high that water is not going to stay there and then it's going to run back out it yeah it draws out and then comes back in yeah a tsunami is a is a train because it's a wavelength so it's a train of waves where the, the usually the first or the second one is the, is the big surge and then it draws back into the basin and then you get yeah and as it draws seconds. back in the basin it actually removes a little bit of energy from the next wave that comes in and then the next wave that comes in and then the next wave but and it, then, it's, when that's, it's go ahead. in the the Japanese one in 2011 like there was that guy they found out in in the open sea like on a roof or on a door or something days later because he got pulled out into the into the water into the open sea during one of those drawdowns oh oh that's right could you imagine man no no that's a lucky dude though yeah oh yeah imagine yes it's lucky that he's still alive but (laughs) but imagine not getting imagine surviving the tsunami but then like not being found yeah, yeah, it's like out. it's like surviving the Titanic sinking, and then some lady being like, "Sorry, not enough room on this door for both of us." <laughs> it's uh, too, it's too not an ideal sorry. situation. <laughs> um, I will say that scene from in San Andreas. San Andreas is my least one of my. I think one of the worst movies ever made. To tell you the truth, stop uh, it. It's entertaining. It doesn't. It has a tsunami wave like cresting over the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, right. Like a beautiful it crushes like, the rich dude. Come on, Hawaii Five yeah. O wave yeah yeah so that tsunami would have been how tall is the golden gate bridge like it was uh, as, i mean it's probably only like 40 meters off the ocean so it's not it's in the realm of possibility yeah i mean it's yeah it's 700 feet tall um but to the water it is good question uh anyways yeah. uh that maybe okay it's um, you want to talk about one of the most scientifically inaccurate movies ever made? 
Uh, my vote would go for uh, San Andreas. All right. For a dis- for a disaster movie. Yeah. All right. So it, wh- where right. are we on our top ten? Right. Num- number six. Right. Six out of ten. Uh, number six. Nankiad Nankido Nankiado Japan. Uh, magnitude eight four earthquake caused uh, tsunami as high as twenty five meters. Um, uh, thirty thousand people killed. Hmm. What year was that? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, 1707, October 28th, okay. 1707. Uh, then we got San Riku, Japan. I'm, I apologize if I'm botching these names. Uh, June 15th, 1896, magnitude 7.6 earthquake, uh, killed 22,000 people. Day after my birthday. No, that's no, that has nothing to do with this. <laughs> and it was also see that was uh, eight. 1996 so that was a hundred years before the summer that you didn't go swimming in 1996 uh, it was 1994 it was after 94 excuse me excuse so, me sorry. Okay. Back never straight, mind man. scratch yeah. that scratch that all right uh <laughs> number eight northern chile 18 1868 august 13 1868 uh they had an eight five earthquake uh and uh, uh off of chile and uh do they have the size? Waves reported to be 21 meters high. Uh, 25,000 people died from that one. Wow. Uh, number nine, Ryukyu Islands in Japan, 1771. April 24th of 1771. Magnitude 7.4 earthquake. What? struck Waves struck at 85.4 meter. No, this is a lot of confusion. Okay. 11 to 15 meter. There we go. Waves uh, 11 to 15 meters high, uh, killed 12,000 people. And then finally, ice, icy bay, Japan, uh, 1586, uh, magnitude uh, 8.2, uh, wave heights of six meters, uh, 8,000 deaths. There you go. So some bad, just, I don't know if they're the worst tsunamis, whatever, just uh, really, really In bad human tsunamis. history, yeah. Yeah, so let's see. Out of ten, we had one, two, three, four, five, six of those were in Japan. Wow. So, yeah, Japan. Japan has gotten hammered with tsunamis in the past. That, that's why they get the naming rights. Yes, they they are allowed to name exactly, exactly. So, well, I think that just about wraps it up with tsunamis. Anything else to add? Uh, just the most important question of the day. What song are we playing out to? Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, we've got some things we got to say first oh, before we gosh, get into that. Right. Now, you, you get him, he, he's thinking now. I can see the, the hamsters on the wheel running around inside his <laughs> no, head. No, I, I had one early on, and it, it's sticking <laughs> with it. Sticking with it. All right. Um, all right. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. If you if you enjoyed the podcast, uh uh, and you want to help us out, uh, keep the lights on here. Uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash geology flannelcast. A couple different uh, uh, sponsorship tiers there. Uh, you can watch some extra, we get extra stuff that we post up on there. Uh, Patreon exclusive hangouts, um, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, you can even have an episode for yourself, um, the different tiers there. So that's patreon.com slash geology flannelcast. Uh, check out geologyflannelcast.com. We have some some merch up there, t-shirts, coffee mugs, stickers, fun little things like that. Um, uh, and hey, if you also want to help out the the podcast, just tell a friend. Yeah, tell, tell a friend February. Tell a friend February started. Yes. Good one. I Halfway like that. Yeah. yeah. So, hmm. um, and then we also check out the social media stuff, Instagram, Twitter. We're, we're up in there. So, uh, all right. Got that out of the way. Thank you for listening, everyone. Now, the most important question of the day, Jesse, what song are you taking us out with? I don't know. For some reason, when we were talking about tsunamis or we, we brought the topic up, in my mind, I just pictured someone riding in on one of these waves. Mm-hmm. And so I've had Surfing USA by the Beach Boys in my head. <laughs> Let's go surfing now. Everybody's <laughs> learning how. Come on, it's a party with me. Not to make light of it, but 
Killer it might be a hard wave to ride in. It's more, it's more of a surge. And I do believe there was a Gilligan's Island episode where somebody rode a tsunami all the way into the Gilligan's Island. Oh, on a surf. Yeah. It'd be more. It'd be better for like a boogie board. It's <laughs> a surge. I don't know. I'm not. You can tell I'm not well versed in how these things work. <laughs> All right, nice. there you have it. All, all I can <laughs> think of is that Dick Dale song, like Mister Lou. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. The it's just an Pulp instrumental Fiction. song, but it just yeah. makes me think of surfing. Yeah, do 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 do. It's yeah. from like Pulp Fiction or whatever. Yeah. Well, oh, it was around yeah. way yeah, before yeah. Pulp Fiction, but right? Yeah. But that's you know that's where that's my what made it famous it. in the nineties. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Remade it famous again in the nineties. Yeah. yeah. Dick Dale, rest in peace. He just died a couple years ago. God rest his soul. Yes. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in, downloading the episode. Uh, check us out again. Hope you stop on by again. And uh, hope you enjoyed this one. Yeah. <laughs> See you guys later. I'm out of things to say. Take, <laughs> See you guys later. <laughs> take care. Brush your hair. See you later. Yeah. Bye. Thanks for stopping. Bye.